What's up? My name is Alex Terranova. I am the host of the Dream Mason podcast. Welcome. We started this in 2017 because we wanted to highlight the journey of Dream Masons. There's a Dream Mason in all of us. A Dream Mason is someone who is awake to their dreams and driven by the passion, the purpose, and the desire to turn that dream into reality. We interview athletes, gold medalists, Super Bowl champions, artists, creatives, eight, nine-figure entrepreneurs, spiritual leaders, and everyone in between. And sometimes we even walk them through challenges that they're currently facing. So depending on whether you're catching this as a regular interview or a playing with problems segment, there is something for you, whether you're at the peak of your journey, at the low point of your journey. I look forward to having you join me on this journey. And I hope that this show helps you unleash your inner dream, Mason. What's up? This is Alex Terranova. This is a sad, dejected, <laughs> feeling a lot of feelings, Alex Terranova. I am your host of the Dream Mason podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to tell you about our guest in one second. He's returning for the second time. Um, I'll just let me just throw in. So, uh, man, I got on this call with our guest. I was sharing with him. I, I know him personally besides just this podcast. Do you ever have something in your life that you feel like you can't control? We are having pet issues that we can't control in our house. Uh, we are having what feels like business issues in our life. And um, man, when you look out in the world, it feels like there's a lot that we can't control also. And so we're going to actually dive into some of this. Um, I want to tell you about our guest. Uh, this was actually his idea that we talk about when things stop working, which I think is a little bit of some of this you can't control. Um, our guest today was on this podcast exactly three years ago. I don't know if he knows that, but I looked it up. Um, so his podcast was released on April 13th, 2020. And he is um, the founder of Live For Yourself Consulting. He's a leadership and career coach. He is really talented and good at what he does. He's a talented, he's a, he's a talent and development executive. He's a values geek. He's an international speaker, an online instructor of the course, How to Be the Leader of Your Own Career and Create a Career You Love. He's also a podcaster the executive and live for yourself revolution. He's been doing this work for over 11 years and he's worked with companies like Amazon, Coursera, DoorDash, Google, Northwestern, Pinterest, Yelp. It's a lot of companies. Good job, man. <laughs> uh, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. I call him Ben. How you doing, man? Thanks for being here. I'm doing pretty good. I didn't know it was our three-year anniversary. I didn't get you a gift or anything. I didn't know either. I looked this up like a few minutes ago because um, I was curious. And, you know, I originally reached out to you to come back on because you're in my new book. This is a like demo-y version, um, but how dreams are built. Our first episode, some like highlights and and uh, tidbits um, from from that episode are in here, like the, 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 the kind of highlight reel of the episode is in the book. Um, uh, so the whole them. episode is in the book that yeah, is not, yeah. not the whole not the, the whole episode but well, all the highlights right oh the yeah the whole yeah okay <laughs> the whole episode <laughs> it's cool in the book we uh we i got this from my friend aaron wexler who, who published a book he put the qr codes on the book so like as you're reading this book if you're like oh man this guy 
this this doctor, Doctor Benjamin Ritter. I love that you're a doctor. I like it's it's like one of my favorite things because I feel like I know you personally, and I I don't feel like I've ever known a doctor personally. Doctors are always like people that are I like go to them and have appointments, but I don't like have dinner with them. Um, and you can like QR code the page, and then it'll take you right on on Apple to the episode. Just kind of a cool little feature of this book. That is awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And that was a long time ago, man. That's that's like right at the beat. We we probably actually recorded that episode right before COVID shut everything down. Cause it came yeah. out on 413, which means I'm guessing we recorded it a couple weeks to a month before that. So we were all like living kind of normal-ish. And then things really changed. And over the last three years, you and I have become friends. We've hung out in person. We've done some like actual online kind of courses or programs together. Um, and then like this morning, I just dumped all my problems in your lap before we hit record. How's that feel? Uh, well, it feels pretty <laughs> good. My, my lap's a little bit warmer, but feels comfy. feels like we're a little bit closer. I mean, in three years, maybe this can help set up our conversation. Let's see. The world shut down. I was, you know, coaching as well as regional learning director for a 40,000 CEO membership organization. And then left that, became the head of talent development for a life sciences manufacturing bio, biotech company out in California, still coaching. Uh, and then left that and also now senior talent management consultant um, and have multiple partnerships with outplacement firms uh, and some other like uh, pretty neat kind of contract leadership coach roles, as well as, you know, still coaching in my own practice with executives. It's you know, also moved to Austin, right? I think during that time, bought a house, yeah, yeah. Uh, got a dog, like so many things, like so much change, so much transformation. Like in your world, there, 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 there have been some pretty big things that have happened. Huge. I mean, I got a dog also, like around right around the time when we would have recorded, or like right before, right after, maybe just depending on the recording date. Yeah, I mean, I've moved, I think twice or three times. Um, and I've been in and, out of, in and out of multiple relationships, and then I, and I got married. <laughs> and, 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 right? I, and yes, and I bought a place in uh, in in another, in another city, close still Southern California. But I bought a place, um, sold a car, bought a golf cart, right? Like uh, a lot. Oh, of wait, I I bought a camper van, went to Burning Man twice. Like you know, I drove a tank. Right, like that's right. Oh, crushed the car on a tank. Not remember I'm that. Not the one that drove it. But like, there has been so much change and evolution in our lives and in our work. And I think change and evolution and things working and things not working or things working more and things working less is kind of like it's the natural flow of life. And it's difficult to predict. I mean, I man, three years ago, if you asked me to write a list of all the stuff that I just shared with you, yeah, I think I might have been able to predict. Maybe, yeah, I don't even know because we weren't considering much of that then. Maybe the move, probably that, like, maybe that was it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if you, and if I, if I even think about, like, we just threw out a bunch of positive things or, you know, for the most part, positive things aside from maybe the COVID and um, relationships ending and, and there's probably some other stuff. But, you know, I'm thinking about where I, where I am this morning, how I feel this morning my mindset on, on my life this morning. And I can think back over those three years of, of many other moments where I, what I like to call is like, I was on the downside of the roller coaster. You know, it wasn't the like up at the top, like all excited about what's happening. You know, you're in the downside that, that 
think all those all those wins came with something that happened maybe before them or something that happened after them. Literally two nights ago, I woke up at, I think it was 3.30 in the morning. Heart felt like I was going to have a heart attack. This is never, this has rarely ever happened to me before. I can't, I can't actually can't remember another time. Felt like it was racing. It was tight. And I was like, what is going on? And try to go back to sleep. Couldn't go back to sleep. And I was like, something's wrong. I'm going to coach myself. And so for the next two hours till, till, till well, I got up around five, like an hour and a half, I went through every area of my life and coached myself. I was like my own coach. Uh-huh. I was crying at like four o'clock in the morning, <laughs> just lying in bed. <laughs> like Tiffany's asleep next to me. No idea this is happening. <laughs> uh, and I worked through some important shit in uh, wait, can I swear? Is that? Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I worked through some stuff that like, I didn't really know I needed to work through, but my body told me I had to, and I could not ignore that. Yeah, I had not not to the depths of what you just described, but this morning when I did my morning meditation practice, I just started bawling. I'm like, it it's there was a moment where it felt like something just cracked, you know, and then it like all that energy got released. Um and I couldn't tell you why. There wasn't like a this is why I'm crying or sad, right? It was like, it was an energetic body thing that had to happen, which like, it sounds like your body was like telling you something. What did you find? Yeah. Through, what did you get through that work you were doing with yourself? Uh, so one one main thing was to have pride in my work mm. and to show up, show up and do the work that I need to do to be proud of it. But uh, I think I actually wanted to touch on a couple of different areas and why this might've happened. So one, I'm feeling physically exhausted and kind of creaky, right? Getting older, things are breaking or jamming and not doing as good as they used to even, and I'm doing stuff for it, but getting older and the idea of losing your, your physical form is something that I think has been in my mind lately. My partner and I, like we're buying this home, we're settling down. I have all these extra responsibilities and commitment that like, I, I'm not a, I'm probably a commitment phobe. Like the idea of having anything that grounds me to a specific area and restricts my freedom, that belief, even if it might, if it might, not, might not be true, is very constricting, like literally. And then, you know, when it comes to a coaching and consulting business, I don't care how good you did the, the month before, but every single month is a, will I do as good or how will I do better this month? <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> And whenever you're doing any sort of changes with business, it's so it's this con and I actually think it's probably safer to have income streams and know how to make income yourself with your business and to work for an organization. You're seeing that now with a lot of the layoffs that are happening, but when you're in a safe organization and a safe role, you're never wondering if you're going to get a paycheck next week and like, or even be able to afford your bills. Like, so the, I think the looming bills have something to do with that, like the house and the appliances and the, some investments that I've made and stuff. And so kind of these, these major areas have kind of all come together to create this storm of, oh, damn, right? Um, that Things better keep working, or I can't believe these things aren't working. How do I make them work? Yeah, you know, there's, I, there's like a false security in certain things. And I think this applies to lots of different areas. So you have a job, you work with a company, you're married, right? not, not you, but like, if you have a job more for a company or you're married, there's a sense of like safety, 
we're secured. I have this partnership. We're in a relationship. We're committed. I have this job. They pay me, right? As long as I show up and don't mess it up, like I have that. Um, and those things aren't true, right? Well, as we see in the world, all of a sudden there's layoffs. You don't necessarily know what's happening in the depths of your company that has them make a change, right? And it might not have anything to do with your performance or who you are. It's just how it goes. And, you know, I even recently was was told about someone that I know whose husband walked in, you know, they have a family, they have children, husband walked in out of nowhere and was like, uh, you know, I want a divorce here, the papers never had a conversation. Right. And, and, and I don't, I don't know that again, the details, but it's like, I, I like heard that. I was like, Oh my God, like what a rug being pulled out from under you moment um, to the opposite of, you know, your maybe when you're single or you're just dating or you're not married or you don't have, you know, you live in an apartment, you work for yourself as an entrepreneur, you don't have the the illusion of security, but you, but, and you learn how to like make stuff happen because you got to, but at the same time, you sometimes feel like, man, it would be nice to have a moment of where I don't have to think about how much money am I going to make next month or how am I going to make that much money a month? Because I, I do agree with your point. I've had the biggest months that I've ever had that blew my mind. Like I didn't know I could make that much money in a month followed by, I didn't know I could make that little money in a month. <laughs> it, it is like this constant ebbing and flowing of calmness, contentedness to then potentially boredom to then, Oh no, what's happening how do I fix this? And as an entrepreneur, I think we're actually built to withstand this a little bit better because of the fact that we've built from nothing. And I think are always wondering, well, how can I improve most of the time? Or how do I sustain? And how do I serve? Now, I, I've taken on a pretty big partnership. I had some outreach from an outplacement company. And if you don't know what outplacement is, it's basically a company that contracts with an organization when they lay a bunch of people off. I normally don't work with people that were laid off. It's not the, the type of client that tends to purchase my services or wants to work with me, but this was an opportunity to partner with a pretty good company that was and to help people. You know, they call me and they're like, we don't have enough coaches. 4,000 people are about to come into our pipeline. Wow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking to a lot of professionals that worked for a company for 10 years, 13 years, and, or even three years, like, and just like you said, they thought they were safe. Mm -hmm. They don't know what happened. And now they're, they're taking that experience and they're internalizing it. And they're saying, well, I must not be good enough. And the difference between the people that are able to take action and get the next job or to move forwards and create greater success in their career. Cause every time you lose a job, you get a better job. Usually like it's, it's usually sure. what happens. Yeah. Um, the difference is these people say, oh, that happened, what's next? The people that don't move are the, are the people that say, oh, this happened, it must be my fault. Something must be wrong with me. I must not deserve something that's next. And I think when things aren't working, we have this, we have this, we have these voices in our head that go, oh, it's because you suck. Yeah. Because you never should have done this. You are a failure. But then we also have this voice that goes, but I know how to solve problems. I've done it before. How do I make this an opportunity? But too often, what, which voice is louder? You For know? me? Well, I think- no, In general, I think in general. 
But yeah, you for know, you. I, I think I think it's really interesting. This is something I've learned recently. It's to realize that we're all so different. You know, I have a buddy who I don't think he has any negative thoughts. Like, and and it's not to say that, but like him and I talk, and he's pretty honest with me and I've known him for a long time and I'll share with him, right? Like I'm like these, the, the thoughts in my head that are often, I suck. I'm not good enough. Maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't do this, what I'm doing. Um, and, and I think those are very common. I hear them from all my clients at various times and the difference between me and I think someone who hasn't made it or been as successful as I have is I just don't believe them and I keep going or I take the next action, right? Like the, a great, a great, um, a great uh, uh, antidote to fear is action. And um, and I've been surprised recently with certain people are like blessed to kind of be in that optimistic. I was actually just listening to Michelle Obama talk about how she gets pessimistic and starts to see like the dark and the doubting of society and things. And Barack is just like the like grounding, like, optimistic and she was like he brings me back to like possibility and again not to say that that those type of people don't ever have it but i am learning that like we just don't we're not we don't all think the same right like we all we all have our our brains are just composed differently yeah the people that are always positive aren't hiring me by the way (laughs) no they don't have coaches why would they that my buddy doesn't have a coach (laughs) i i have a cousin like this and i've i've like I recently figured this out because he came and stayed with me. He's from uh-huh. he in the country right now and he came here and like everything that happened was, yeah, great. Awesome. This is so amazing. And I was like, it was, <laughs> his finger could get chopped off and he'd be like, oh man, we got to go. We got to take care of this. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I was just like, where does this come from? Who trained you to be like this? Um, on one side, it's really amazing because you are living in this incredible positive environment. Now, I've also like, th- there's there's a, a benefit though to not feeling good about things. And it's like, you tend to to make things a lot better for yourself in, in a lot of ways, if you can see that they're better. At least in my experience, when I meet someone that's always positive, they're not at good as creating and they, they probably don't they probably don't care about the improvedness the, the the greatness that they could achieve to creating something new right evolving to progressing into a different way to pivoting they're a lot of times more reactive instead of proactive because they're just okay with stuff and it's not this is a very big generalization yeah. but i see the benefit to doubt i see the benefit to not thinking something is good enough i see the benefit to being afraid like, because that causes, like you said, it can cause right action and growth and evolution and learning and all those great things. Yeah, I, I definitely, I'm thinking of when you said it, it made me think of two different people. There's, if I, if I think about my friend, he's not what you just described. He's always like, what's, what's cool is he's like always wanting more and bigger and better, but he's always thinking it's going to go well. Right. So when he starts a new business or when he does something, it's just like all optimistic and positive when things aren't working out in his company, he's like, well, just got to get to the next thing. Right. Like it's, it, there isn't a lot of just sitting with, you know, and there's a part that I think is like disconnected from how he actually feels. It's just all in the positive and, and what can I do, which is, can be great. The other person I was thinking of are actually, I think, a very common form of guys, men that are like, everything's fine. It's fine. It's good enough, which is is those to me. That was what, what I was thinking of is like those guys or people really 
we'll have everything. They just kind of stat status quo, as long as the boat doesn't rock too much, like let's just keep it from not rocking. Whereas, you know, I think an entrepreneurial boat is like constantly, like it's almost like an entrepreneurial boat is looking for storms. It's like, where's the next storm? How do I sail to it? <laughs> so taking that, that friend you were thinking about that first one, I think this is kind of the sweet spot, which is I'm optimistic, I'm positive, but I'm also trying to grow at the same time. Mm -hmm. I see things as a challenge. And in my mind uh, lately, something I've been dealing with is I want to grow. Like I've built this business that sustains itself, but I want to see consistent growth. And that has led me to also then now have a little sliver of doubt, right? That wasn't there before because how things were operating was fine. It was perfect. It was great. The doubt comes from, well, where I want to go isn't where I am, where I am. And so that gap. Mm -hmm. And if you focus on the gap, then that doubt grows. If you focus on that, well, if I do these things, what is the result of them? Is that result what I want? No. So it's like seeing this as a problem to solve. Now, I also intentionally every morning, like I've, I've created new steps to grow. I've asked myself, if I need to 10X where I'm at right now, what do I need to 10X? What are the levers that are working? And it doesn't matter if they don't work once or twice or three times because I know that they work. And I've taken myself through this kind of problem-solving mentality combined with intentionality where I'm waking up every morning, I'm visualizing what I want to achieve. I'm The first thing I do every single day are those levers that I know that, that sustain and build my business. And then I'm like, and then I, and then I look at my problem-solving sheet. I say, well, how do I maximize uh, revenue? Where does my revenue come from? And I go, current clients. So how do I serve my current clients more? Okay, so that's one piece. Where does my next you know, revenue stream come from? Past clients, potentially referrals. How do I maximize and serve the, that, that client lover more? And then it's like, great, where does my next revenue stream come from? And so I've, I've taken this doubt and I'd be like, I see you, great. And I've decided not to sit in it and believe right, that the, the things that I know that work, those levers, if I double down, if I triple down, if I quadruple down, if I 10X down on them, I'm going to see some results. And part of what has also happened using a different example is like with money, right? Buying a house and buying appliances and all this kind of stuff is I would then kind of timeline out and calendar five years from now, if I consistently make, you know, the revenue that I've been making over the past year. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. Like, and, and it's like, I've kind of changed my perspective for whenever I feel that concern or that doubt within myself. So let's let's look at this from the thing that you brought to me before we hit record, which is when stop when the way we said it was when shit stops working. So when the levers that you're pulling are not getting the results, because this is something I was sharing with you is, you know, I've as as an entrepreneur, as a coach, you know, I started this journey nine years ago. So for, this that's a decent right, almost a decade that I have under my belt of of doing it myself, and then I let's just say I have two decades prior to that of like running other people's businesses. Um, but it's way different, right? It's just me here on my own. And, you know, up until recently, I knew exactly, you know, if I, if I had a coach say to me, what do you need to do to make your business go or go to the next level? I was like, oh yeah, this, 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 and this. Exactly what it was. And in the last, let's just say six months, those levers aren't garnering the results they used to garner. Either the results, they just, the, the normal results or more results. And for a little while, I think I, you know, a lot of what I was looking at was, you know what, I'm getting married. I'm like, I got all these other things on my plate that like are in my space. Maybe, 
maybe if I look at it from like a spiritual lens, maybe it's actually not the moment to pull these levers. Maybe my attention should be on this. You know, we don't think about it, but like getting married is a huge portal that we like move through in our lifetime. It's a huge commitment that we do. So is buying a house and, you know, some other, there are other things like that, um, huge transitions. And so I kind of got to this place where I was like, you know what? Let me just like be okay. Like, let me just like enjoy the moment I'm in. And now that I'm past that, newly past that ish, right? But I'm I'm still pulling those levers and I'm going, well, the shit's not working. They're still they're not. And again, it's not, I'm not the kind of person who's like waiting before I, I don't I don't believe you wait till your like house is burning down before you like call the, you know, like the fire department. You're like, oh, there's like a possibility that there's could be a fire over here. Like, let's address it. Right. So it's, it's, this is not a, there's so many people come to me and they're like an emergency. This is not an emergency, but it's like, Hey, what do we do when things stop working? So I would actually reflect on my own experiences here for a moment and say like outbound, I used outbound used to crush it for client, like prospecting. I used to be able to send messages. I'd be able to fill my, my book that way. And outbound stopped. And I was like, what is going on with outbound? Mm, yeah. And and so I went and I actually, I hired a company to take it off my plate. I go, I know outbound works. I want you to handle it for me. I'm going to pay you for three to six months to do it. So I don't have to care. I don't have to worry about it. And so I paid a little bit of money, got it off my plate. And I was like, what other levers do I know work? And looking, and this is where I did that analysis of saying, okay, events build my email list. That tends to also lead to clients. How do I, I'm going to host events again. Cause I stopped hosting events. So I created one or two events, but the difference was, I said, I haven't done an in-person event in a while. So I went and did an in-person event and got two clients. And I, I had these events, I got 500 emails. And, and so then I said, okay, so, so that was working. And then I was like, okay, what levers in the past have made the most revenue past clients. So then I went back and pinged kind of my past clients, invited them to events. I did. So I actually, I offloaded the thing that wasn't working. I went back to the things that I know that worked and I tried to double down on them. And if they didn't work, I said, great, they're not working for right now, but I know this will work in three months or six months or 12 months from now. And so it was kind of like this analysis of where should I direct my time and attention? But part of it though, too, is because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to miss this. If something in the past and nothing has really changed environmentally, that thing can still work. Like it might, especially when it comes to a, co a coaching and consulting practice, it just may need a little bit more time. Like sure. it, yeah. you can't, you can't evaluate yourself on one to six months, usually in a coaching practice. Cause all of a sudden you may just get this inflow and yeah. it's weird how people tend to all people tend to, like, they cease to be this, the seasonality or everyone acts at once. But like I went on an I went on an in-person networking event today. So I changed that up a little bit. And I went out there and kind of shook some hands. And randomly on a phone call from an introduction, I got I signed on a new client yesterday. So I think part of it is also if I know that I have a brand that works and I know that getting my brand in front of people gets me clients, how can I get my brand in front of people in ways that have worked for me in the past before that maybe I haven't done? Or how do I double down on getting my brand in front of the people in ways that I, that I have been doing consistently? And how can I offload some of the things that are causing me the most stress and that are kind of baffling me and maybe get some experts to help me with? And so really, that was just kind of like a problem-solving mentality to say, I believe in myself. I believe in these things that work. And now I need to go maybe refocus on things that I've been overlooking or 
focus on things a little bit more that maybe have worked in the past. And like, for example, with Outbound, I've rewritten now the message three times and done some A-B testing and have gotten and booked some calls, still, you know, potential clients maybe in the next month or so. So that was kind of a jumble. I feel like that was a little bit over the place and I'm not sure if you're pulling something out that we can talk about. Well, I'm curious about, you know, I think when you talk about outbound, this is what has me be curious. Outbound, I would say is, um, feels like it dies because it's, it, it's like cannibalized itself. So many people, I know you were like pretty big on LinkedIn. So many people like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, that's not like normally where you would use like the more social ones, but like the more professional as I know you spend more time and even like email lists. You know, I, I think about the email list I sign up to that I like actually want to hear what they have to say. And it's pretty quickly before I unsubscribe and it's not their fault. It's just, there's too, I'm getting too much stuff. And it's, you know what I mean? That like, I think about like all the coupons that come to my mailbox. I bet there's one in there that's great that I could actually really use at some point, but I don't actually see it because too many come. And so I just dump them all and I don't actually look at them. And that, I think that's a, a common, I hear that a lot from people, right? Everyone's getting too many emails. Everyone's getting w- way too many people hit them up on like LinkedIn and ha- and more than half the people are, it's just like super salesy and like not, it, it's, there's no connection, right? There's no human being behind it. So I'm curious, like when you look at Outbound, what do you think separates you from like all of those other things, like all that, all the noise really? Mm-hmm. So one, you have a optimized profile that represents your brand in a way where I don't even have to tell you what I do. If you look at my profile, you're, you know what I do. And I have content there. I'm active. I have a strong network. So that's there. And second, my message is short. Too often people send really long messages with links and asking for stuff. My second message is kind of, if you don't reply, more credibility building, but also short and asking a very non-salesy question, something that actually I'm curious about learning about, such as what's your favorite leadership resource or what's a career struggle we've had recently or you know something just to start a conversation. I'm not asking for a call until the fourth message, maybe more. And most of the time, I'm just trying to get to know the person and see if they're a potential fit. So that's what's a little bit different than the outbound that's happening right now, where people are usually sending two or three paragraphs. They're maybe getting a little negative. They're sending links right away. It It's it's, it's kind of like when you're dating, you're not going to walk up and say, hey, you want to go home with me? There's yeah. so much. And what I get, like I get, I get these all the time. Hey, your profile is incredible. You, have you thought about writing a book? I'm like, well, if you looked at my profile, you would have known I've written a book and, yes. you know, yeah. or the like, yeah, the, I love the the negative. That like somebody's like says something negative about your profile or your website or whatever, um, and you're just like, I don't want to talk to you. It's like you, you. I mean, you walk up to someone, and the first thing you say to them is like, I don't like your shirt. It's like yeah, exactly. And part of it is you try to find similarities. So I I usually only reach out to people in Austin or Chicago because I have locality there, right? Mm-hmm. Or to people that have gone to a school that I've gone to. You know, when you're when you're running a business, you don't need a lot of people. You know, yeah. So you can actually niche down that much. Uh, and I know who my target client is. I know that men hire me more than women, right? I know that they're pretty senior in their positions. I know like, so there's certain things that I know personally and how to niche that audience down too. I know we're sh- a little bit short on time and I want to, I know you have, you got to kind of jump in a minute. Can I, um, can go, I say yeah, one yeah. more thing about yeah. when things don't work? 
Yeah, please. So like, for example, people are just looking for jobs that I work with. They either are applying or they're really discouraged and they stop and they give up and they just say F this and they go do other stuff. Yeah. And they doubt themselves. And I'm like, there's a middle ground. Like just apply for 10 minutes on the easy apply button, right? If you have an optimized LinkedIn profile and resume, good, just do that. And then go have conversations with people that you're interested in about who you are and your brand story. And that will overall create opportunities for you from the job market. Go attend a networking, a networking event that you're really interested in. Don't try to get a job to try to meet people. Yeah. And like, I think people think like, so a lot of times when people, when, when something isn't working out, they think they have to go full throttle on the, sh on the stuff that's discouraging, the stuff that doesn't make them happy. And they go, mm -hmm. no, like offload that, do it quickly, do it half-assed, but like, and then go do something fun that relates to potentially the outcome that you're trying to achieve. Because if we are demotivated, if we're discouraged, then doubt also gets a bigger microphone and goes, yeah, I knew you sucked, you know, because you're, you're, you're depleted. Like all your happy energy is gone. So of course you're going to start doubting yourself more. So I just wanted to, to add that. No, that's a great ad. I've actually, with myself, I've been thinking about this a lot. And I think um, I've noticed personally, I don't like when I'm spending time on social media, be it LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, any of those, YouTube, whatever. And even if I'm not, not in consumption, but in the putting out, it doesn't actually feel good. It feels like the world is like, this is how you have to do it. So I'm playing, I'm trying to play that game, but I'm not feeling good doing it. And then I'm not getting the results I want from it, which then, then it's like, well, why did I do something I don't like to, to feel like I don't like? And it's really often scary because you're being told by the world, you have to do it this way. And I love that you said that because it's a big thing I've been personally getting is you don't have to do it that way. Um, and like uh, some of these things, like I've been actually looking at how do I create more in-person events um, because I actually enjoy them. I don't enjoy going to hand out business cards and like, you know, hold babies and shake hands, kind of like networking. Like that just feels like, it just feels like everybody's there to like get something or sell someone, but more, um, more community events where people are actually like hanging out together, getting to know each other. And like the, the business aspects, everyone is there for that, but it's like secondary. It's not the lead. It's not the, how do I get business is not the lead. Um, so I think it's a great reminder. And I think like listening you know, to your, to your body. My mom actually called me and was like giving me, my mom was giving me social media tips, which I like love. She's not wrong. The thing is, and my mom's, my mom's actually about to turn 75. So she's probably not the, the age demographic of like the best person to listen to. But what she was saying was really true and resonant. And I shared with her, I was like, I think what you're seeing is like my not wanting to do it. And I'm like forcing it. And you're, what you're reflecting back to me is you're picking up on that. You're just not, you're seeing it a different way. Um, and I think that can exist everywhere, right? It doesn't have to be, if you love doing social media, like that's not your experience, but maybe you hate, you know, some other version of your business. And it's like, maybe you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Or pay someone to do it for you. Right? It's just like, yeah. but I I'm off Instagram. I don't, I don't use it. Right. And at LinkedIn and a lot of that too is not always me, right. It's my content. But it's like, there, there are certain things I know that I don't like to do that if I do them, they're not going to come off right. They're not going to be who yeah. I am. Yeah. And that's not going to, that's not going to serve me. Is there anything you want to let people know? I think we'll have to, we'll have to do like a second part to this. Um, Cause there's some more stuff I want to talk to you about, about what you're up to, what we've done, what I'm doing. Um, 
But is there anything you want to say to, to kind of wrap up this episode, last word, or, or any anywhere you want to direct people who are listening to this? I think just the only way for you to actually not succeed when things aren't working is to stop trying to make them work. And so if you give up, that's that's it. Yeah. Like, it's done. You could take a break. That's fine. You could real you could try something new. That's fine. But you have to make a decision like, is this something that I want to do? And if it's something you want to do, then if you keep doing it, it still exists. So just like remember that if you're getting discouraged, remember that if you're feeling like drained. That you don't, you have to also, when you're feeling that way, when things aren't working, you have to adjust your expectations. Like if I, you know, had a multiple, you know, five figure month, and then I go the next month and it doesn't hit that, but my expectations are to hit, hit that, that same number, but I, it's like the last day of the month and I'm not going to hit that for the last week of the month. Like, and I keep expecting that, then I'm going to feel like, I'm going to feel yeah. really down. And so part of this, like adjust your expectations, adjust your expectations to your energy level, adjust your expectations to what's happening in your life. And if things aren't working out, then your expectations aren't to make the same amount of money. It, the expectations become, how do I figure out how to get the, like, get going again, even start the car. And so all of a sudden now you can feel good about maybe a smaller win that maybe you would have just kind of ignored in the past. It's mm. good. Ben, thanks, Ben. Thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, coaching yourself through it the other night. Thanks for coaching me through it today. <laughs> um <laughs> Where can, you're not on, you're not on Instagram. Where do people find you on LinkedIn? Dr. Benjamin Ritter. <laughs> and tell Check us your website. Out. Live for yourself, consulting.com. If you don't like typing long letters or you're on your phone, lfyconsulting.com. There you go. Ben, thanks for being here. Appreciate you, man. We'll, uh, we'll pick up and record a, a second part to this at some point soon. Hopefully, um, Everybody listening, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Um, keep an eye out for my new book, How Dreams Are Built. It's yellow. It's really bright. You can't miss it. Um, How Dreams Are Built. It should be out hopefully pretty soon. And uh, and you can catch Ben and a lot of other cool highlights in there. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.